chapter eleven of france and england in north america part three la salle discovery of the great west this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org la salle discovery of the great west by francis parkman jr chapter eleven sixteen seventy nine la salle on the upper lakes the griffin had lain moored by the shore so near that hennepin could preach on sundays from the deck to the men encamped along the bank she was now forced up against the current with tow-ropes and sails till she reached the calm entrance of lake erie on the seventh of august la salle and his followers embarked saying te deum and fired their cannon a fresh breeze sprang up and with swelling canvas the griffin ploughed the virgin ways of lake erie where a sail was never seen before for three days they held their course over these unknown waters and on the fourth turned northward into the strait of detroit here on the right hand and on the left lay verdant prairies dotted with groves and bordered with lofty forests they saw walnut chestnut and wild plum trees and oaks festooned with grape vines herds of deer and flocks of swans and wild turkeys the bulwarks of the griffin were plentifully hung with game which the men killed on shore and among the rest with a number of bears much commended by hennepin for their want of ferocity and the excellence of their flesh those he says who will one day have the happiness to possess this fertile and pleasant strait will be very much obliged to those who have shown them the way they crossed lake st clair and still sailed northward against the current till now sparkling in the sun lake huron spread before them like a sea st ignace for a time they bore on prosperously then the wind died to a calm then freshened to a gale then rose to a furious tempest and the vessel tossed wildly among the short steep perilous waves of the raging lake even la salle called on his followers to commend themselves to heaven all fell to their prayers but the godless pilot who was loud in complaint against his commander for having brought him after the honor he had won on the ocean to drown at last ignominiously in fresh water the rest clamored to the saints st anthony of padua was promised a chapel to be built in his honor if he would but save them from their jeopardy while in the same breath la salle and the friars declared him patron of their great enterprise the saint heard their prayers the obedient winds were tamed and the griffin plunged on her way through foaming surges that still grew calmer as she advanced now the sun shone forth on woody islands bois blanc and mackinaw and the distant manitoulins on the forest wastes of michigan and the vast blue bosom of the angry lake and now her port was won and she found her rest behind the point of st ignace of michele mackinaw floating in that tranquil cove where crystal waters cover but cannot hide the pebbly depths beneath 
before her rose the house and chapel of the jesuits enclosed with palisades on the right the huron village with its bark cabins and its fence of tall pickets on the left the square compact houses of the french traders and not far off the clustered wigwams of an ottawa village here was a centre of the jesuit missions and a centre of the indian trade and here under the shadow of the cross was much sharp practice in the service of mammon keen traders with or without a license and lawless coureurs du bois whom a few years of forest life had weaned from civilization made saint ignace their resort and here there were many of them when the griffin came they and their employers hated and feared la salle who sustained as he was by the governor might set at naught the prohibition of the king debarring him from traffic with these tribes yet while plotting against him they took pains to allay his distrust by a show of welcome the griffin fired her cannon and the indians yelped in wonder and amazement the adventurers landed in state and marched under arms to the bark chapel of the ottawa village where they heard mass la salle knelt before the altar in a mantle of scarlet bordered with gold soldiers sailors and artisans knelt around him black jesuits gray recollets swarthy voyagers and painted savages a devout but motley concourse as they left the chapel the ottawa chiefs came to bid them welcome and the hurons saluted them with a volley of musketry they saw the griffin at her anchorage surrounded by more than a hundred bark canoes like a triton among minnows yet it was with more wonder than good will that the indians of the mission gazed on the floating fort for so they called the vessel a deep jealousy of la salle's designs had been infused into them his own followers too had been tampered with in the autumn before it may be remembered he had sent fifteen men up the lakes to trade for him with orders to go thence to the illinois and make preparation against his coming early in the summer taunty had been dispatched in a canoe from niagara to look after them it was high time most of the men had been seduced from their duty and had disobeyed their orders squandered the goods entrusted to them or used them in trading on their own account la salle found four of them at michilly mackinaw these he arrested and sent taunty to the falls of st marie where two others were captured with their plunder the rest were in the woods and it was useless to pursue them rivals and enemies anxious and troubled as to the condition of his affairs in canada la salle had meant after seeing his party safe at machilly mackinaw to leave taunty to conduct it to the illinois while he himself returned to the colony but taunty was still at st marie and he had none to trust but himself therefore he resolved at all risks to remain with his men for he says i judged my presence absolutely necessary to retain such of them as were left me and prevent them from being enticed away during the winter moreover 
he thought that he had detected an intrigue of his enemies to hound on the iroquois against the illinois in order to defeat his plan by involving him in the war early in september he set sail again and passing westward into lake michigan cast anchor near one of the islands at the entrance of green bay here for once he found a friend in the person of a potawatomi chief who had been so wrought upon by the politic kindness of frontenac that he declared himself ready to die for the children of anantio here too he found several of his advance party who had remained faithful and collected a large store of furs it would have been better had they proved false like the rest la salle who asked counsel of no man resolved in spite of his followers to send back the griffin laden with these furs and others collected on the way to satisfy his creditors it was a rash resolution for it involved trusting her to the pilot who had already proved either incompetent or treacherous she fired a parting shot and on the eighteenth of september set sail for niagara with orders to return to the head of lake michigan as soon as she had discharged her cargo la salle with the fourteen men who remained in four canoes deeply laden with the forge tools merchandise and arms put out from the island and resumed his voyage potawatomies the parting was not auspicious the lake glassy and calm in the afternoon was convulsed at night with a sudden storm when the canoes were midway between the island and the main shore it was with difficulty that they could keep together the men shouting to each other through the darkness hennepin who was in the smallest canoe with a heavy load and a carpenter for a companion who was awkward at the paddle found himself in jeopardy which demanded all his nerve the voyagers thought themselves happy when they gained at last the shelter of a little sandy cove where they dragged up their canoes and made their cheerless bivouac in the drenched and dripping forest here they spent five days living on pumpkins and indian corn the gift of their potawatomi friends and on a canada porcupine brought in by la salle's mohican hunter the gale raged meanwhile with relentless fury they trembled when they thought of the griffin when at length the tempest lulled they re-embarked and steered southward along the shore of wisconsin but again the storm fell upon them and drove them for safety to a bare rocky islet here they made a fire of driftwood crouched around it drew their blankets over their heads and in this miserable plight pelted with sleet and rain remained for two days at length they were afloat again but their prosperity was brief on the twenty eighth a fierce squall drove them to a point of rocks covered with bushes where they consumed the little that remained of their provisions on the first of october they paddled about thirty miles without food when they came to a village of potawatomies who ran down to the shore to help them to land but la salle fearing that some of his men would steal the merchandise and desert to the indians insisted on going three leagues farther to the great indignation of his followers the lake swept by an easterly gale 
was rolling its waves against the beach like the ocean in a storm in the attempt to land la salle's canoe was nearly swamped he and his three canoe men leaped into the water and in spite of the surf which nearly drowned them dragged their vessel ashore with all its load he then went to the rescue of hennepin who with his awkward companion was in woeful need of succor father gabriel with his sixty-four years was no match for the surf and the violent undertow hennepin finding himself safe waded to his relief and carried him ashore on his sturdy shoulders while the old friar though drenched to the skin laughed gaily under his call as his brother missionary staggered with him up the beach when all were safe ashore la salle who distrusted the indians they had passed took post on a hill and ordered his followers to prepare their guns for action nevertheless as they were starving an effort must be risked to gain a supply of food and he sent three men back to the village to purchase it well armed but faint with toil and famine they made their way through the stormy forest bearing a pipe of peace but on arriving saw that the scared inhabitants had fled they found however a stock of corn of which they took a portion leaving goods in exchange and then set out on their return meanwhile about twenty of the warriors armed with bows and arrows approached the camp of the french to reconnoitre la salle went to meet them with some of his men opened a parley with them and kept them seated at the foot of the hill till his three messengers returned when on seeing the peace pipe the warriors set up a cry of joy in the morning they brought more corn to the camp with a supply of fresh venison not a little cheering to the exhausted frenchmen who in dread of treachery had stood under arms all night hardships this was no journey of pleasure the lake was ruffled with almost ceaseless storms clouds big with rain above a turmoil of gray and gloomy waves beneath every night the canoes must be shouldered through the breakers and dragged up the steep banks which as they neared the site of milwaukee became almost insurmountable the men paddled all day with no other food than a handful of indian corn they were spent with toil sick with the haws and wild berries which they ravenously devoured and dejected at the prospect before them father gabriel's good spirits began to fail he fainted several times from famine and fatigue but was revived by a certain confection of hyacinth administered by hennepin who had a small box of this precious specific at length they descried at a distance on the stormy shore two or three eagles among a busy congregation of crows or turkey buzzards they paddled in all haste to the spot the feasters took flight and the starved travellers found the mangled body of a deer lately killed by the wolves this good luck proved the inauguration of plenty as they approached the head of the lake game grew abundant and with the aid of the mohican there was no lack of bear's meat and venison they found wild grapes too in the woods and gathered them by cutting down the trees to which the vines clung encounter with indians while thus employed they were startled by a sight often so fearful in the waste and the wilderness the print of a human foot it was clear that indians were not far off a strict watch was kept 
not as it proved without cause for that night while the sentry thought of little but screening himself and his gun from the floods of rain a party of outagamis crept under the bank where they lurked for some time before he discovered them being challenged they came forward professing great friendship and pretending to have mistaken the french for iroquois in the morning however there was an outcry from la salle's servant who declared that the visitors had stolen his coat from under the inverted canoe where he had placed it while some of the carpenters also complained of being robbed la salle well knew that if the theft were left unpunished worse would come of it first he posted his men at the woody point of a peninsula whose sandy neck was interposed between them and the main forest then he went forth pistol in hand met a young outagami seized him and led him prisoner to his camp this done he again sat out and soon found an outagami chief for the wigwams were not far distant to whom he told what he had done adding that unless the stolen goods were restored the prisoner should be killed the indians were in perplexity for they had cut the coat to pieces and divided it in this dilemma they resolved being strong in numbers to rescue their comrade by force accordingly they came down to the edge of the forest or posted themselves behind fallen trees on the banks while the salesmen in their stronghold braced their nerves for the fight here three flemish friars with their rosaries and eleven frenchmen with their guns confronted a hundred and twenty screeching outagamis hennepin who had seen service and who had always an exhortation at his tongue's end busied himself to inspire the rest with a courage equal to his own neither party however had an appetite for the fray a parley ensued full compensation was made for the stolen goods and the aggrieved frenchmen were farther propitiated with a gift of beaver skins their late enemies now become friends spent the next day in dances feasts and speeches they entreated la salle not to advance farther since the illinois through whose country he must pass would be sure to kill him for added these friendly counsellors they hated the french because they had been instigating the iroquois to invade their country here was another subject of anxiety la salle was confirmed in his belief that his busy and unscrupulous enemies were intriguing for his destruction he pushed on however circling around the southern shore of lake michigan till he reached the mouth of the st joseph called by him the miamis here tonti was to have rejoined him with twenty men making his way from bacelli mackinaw along the eastern shore of the lake but the rendezvous was a solitude tonti was nowhere to be seen it was the first of november winter was at hand and the streams would soon be frozen the men clamored to go forward urging that they should starve if they could not reach the villages of the illinois before the tribe scattered for the winter hunt la salle was inexorable if they should all desert he said he with his mohican hunter and the three friars would still remain and wait for tonti the men grumbled but obeyed and to divert their thoughts he set them at building a fort of timber on a rising ground at the mouth of the river 
they had spent twenty days at this task and their work was well advanced when at length taunty appeared he brought with him only half of his men provisions had failed and the rest of his party had been left thirty leagues behind to sustain themselves by hunting la salle told him to return and hasten them forward he set out with two men a violent north wind arose he tried to run his canoe ashore through the breakers the two men could not manage their vessel and he with his one hand could not help them she swamped rolling over in the surf guns baggage and provisions were lost and the three voyagers returned to the miamis subsisting on acorns by the way happily the men left behind excepting two deserters succeeded a few days after in rejoining the party forebodings this was one heavy load lifted from the heart of la salle but where was the griffin time enough and more than enough had passed for her voyage to niagara and back again he scanned the dreary horizon with an anxious eye no returning sail gladdened the watery solitude and a dark foreboding gathered on his heart yet further delay was impossible he sent back two men to michilly mackinaw to meet her if she still existed and pilot her to his new fort of the miamis and then prepared to ascend the river whose weedy edges were already glassed with thin flakes of ice End of chapter 11